Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good to be with you again today, filling in for Bill the rest of the week. I am Bart Winkler. You can find me on Twitter at WinksThinks. Tom is there at CBS. We've got buy or sell coming up, which I love. I Tom, you put it, you put in the work on buy or sell. And during like a week like this, to come up with seven questions, my goodness, good for you. I thank you for your efforts here on the show. Baseball, they're putting in a lot of effort to try to figure out how to make the game. I don't even know what they're see, this is the problem. I don't know what they're goal is or they have a goal the the goal the goal for baseball i think what major league baseball wants to do is to you know how like when we say oh things used to be better way back when things were better when i was a kid we we could go out we didn't have to we didn't have to we just got dirty and came home at at nighttime and dinner was there and our parents didn't know where we were and we didn't have to wear bike helmets and you know things were better when we were a kid and baseball's like, all right, well, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to do that for you. We're gonna try to do something about it. We're gonna try to go back to how baseball was when you were a kid. But to do that, because things have changed so much, they have to implement all these different rules and all these different procedures and all these different ways about it. I was talking with Matt Snyder over the weekend, uh, CBS Sports as well, uh, one of the weekend shows, and what we had talked about was. Baseball almost, like the game of baseball, it's pretty simple. Guy on the mound, he throws it. Guy hits it. Where does it go? Out. If it's not, run the bases. I mean, it's a very simple game. But what's happened is the batters have gotten bigger and stronger. They've realized which part of their body to to focus on in terms of muscles and power. The eyesight has gotten more detail. Like people are are better at timing. We just we've gotten we've gotten better at it. Baseball players have gotten better at the at the process and the art of hitting. Meanwhile, pitchers, everybody's throwing a hundred now, or at least very close to. And there's you, you know you you get your one guy tired. Okay, you bring in the next guy that can throw a hundred. It's almost like the simple game that we had in yesteryear has been perfected it's been perfected humans have advanced to the point where baseball the game is too easy for them plus you have guys like theo epstein who is now one of the guys that is going through the consulting and trying to help baseball get back to 
you know, more action and, and shorter games. He was one of these guys that pioneered this era of analytics. I guess that's just the big ugly word for it, but launch angle and especially the 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 thing they're trying to get rid of now is the shift. So with the shift before this year, you could pretty much put guys wherever you wanted. And that would be referred to as the shift. And if you would see, you see the one camera angle and a guy hits it off the bat. And for a hundred years, you're like, oh, that's a gapper through the middle. Or that's, that's right between the first and second baseman. That's going to be a base hit. Well, now the shortstop has moved over. The second baseman is playing a shallow left field. He's in the exact, or right field rather. He's in the exact position where he needs to be. And it's a hundred miles an hour off the bat and it's an out. So what baseball is saying is we're going to try to take that away. I normally am a guy that likes to see games evolve naturally. So if you have the shift taking away a bunch of hits, what I would like to see then is the offense and the hitters say, okay, how do we get the hits back? Because when you move one guy over, you leave a lot of space on the other side of the diamond. But instead of hitters going through the process of, of, taking advantage of that baseball has stepped in and said, no, we're just, we're going to change it. We don't, we, we don't have time for you guys to go through this process of trying to figure out how to better your opportunity from the plate. We're just, we're just going to say no shift. And so immediately that makes me as a baseball fan and a sports fan upset because I, I, I just, I feel like there's been so many people for so many years that have gotten on radio shows, whether it's the host or callers or whatever, that don't understand what's happening, and their default is, abandon the shift! Just abandon the shift! And they've won, because baseball is going to abandon the shift. And then I'm mad at myself, because I'm, I'm going to like it. <laughs> I'm mad at myself, because they're going to abandon the shift, and I'm going to like it. So what baseball is going to have teams do is two infielders have to be on either side of second base when the pitch is delivered. They have to be on either side. Now, some outfielders could move. You might start to see that a little bit, which is going to leave a lot of room open in the outfield. So if you bloop one over there, you know, that's that could be extra base hits right away. So there still could be some some natural progression to this. But you're going to get most likely more hits. And... One thing that we don't talk about that's sort of been lost in baseball is the web gems. These great plays that infielders make. The shortstops diving for a ball. The second baseman doing that because they don't need to anymore. Because they are positioned exactly where they need to be positioned. So we're losing some of the defensive highlights as well. So teams that really try to value defense and build their team from that perspective there's little advantage to it because they're 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 not needed. Their services really aren't needed. If you're a flashy shortstop and can make some diving catches and you have great range, well, it's sort of been inconsequential because it just doesn't matter as much as it used to. So this is a rule that is going to be enacted. I'm very much I'm very much like if there's if there's two sides of the aisle I'm very much sitting on one side of the aisle. The commissioner is, I'm thinking state of the union of baseball. The commissioner is giving his proposal. One side of the aisle stands up and claps. Oh, it's the greatest thing ever. And I'm over here 
boo, heckling, liar. Then what's going to happen is I'm going to see the action increase, and I'm I'm going to eventually leave out the door, go around the rotunda, get back in on the other side, and then, and then oh, I'm over here now all of a sudden because I think it will bring more action, and I think it will be more excitable because baseball at this point, the three true outcomes where it's walk, home run, or strikeout, it, it's not entertaining. It is not, it is not, it's not as good of a product as it used to be because we've advanced to a point where we've outsmarted the game and also the talent level is too much better than the game. And so when you sit down and watch a baseball game, it is boring. I mean, baseball can be exciting. It's more exciting in the playoffs because there's stakes on the line. It's like the playoffs, and it's like when there's a home run, it's a big deal. Or when there's a strikeout, oh, okay, there's stakes on the line. you got a three-game series. you you got to try to advance. But when there's 162 games, a lot of these games are skippable. Even even if MLB tries to put out a product of here's the 20-minute condensed version of the game of what you missed. Like they got to show a lot of highlights over and over because there's there might not be twenty minutes of action. So with abandoning the shift, Tom, that's a rule where I'm, I am not into it, but I think I will be into it. Where do you stand with with this and what baseball's up to? Bart, you're more open minded than I am. Like you, I am not into this, but I don't know that I'm gonna like it. Bart, we're getting really gimmicky here with baseball. I mean, there's only so much you can do before the sport just literally transforms into something else. You said it earlier this segment. It's a simple game, and I think we're tinkering with it too much to try and appeal to fans who don't necessarily like baseball to begin with. Yeah, that's one of the big issues here. I'm glad you said that because that's one of the big issues. Who is baseball trying to satisfy? Like, I've watched baseball every year all the time, my team or other games. I'm the guy who watches Sunday night baseball. You want to put Red Sox Yankees in my face again? Sign me up. I'll watch it. So are you catering to me? Because even though we'll agree, uh, baseball's not as good as it used to be. Most of us are still watching the game. If you're trying to cater to a younger generation, baseball is so foreign to some of the people that they're trying to cater to. Like, that's that's not the right... If you're just trying to make baseball faster and... And more, that's not what baseball is. Part of the beauty in baseball is that it's not that. You know, it doesn't, not every sport has to be basketball. Not every sport has to have a score of 112 to 100. Not every sport has to have highlight after highlight after highlight. And I know that kind of sounds like it's, it's ridiculous, but part of the beauty in baseball is it's there for you every day. There's 162 games. Part of the beauty is you can miss a game or you can sit down and watch a game and you can leave and then come back. Like not every game needs to be game seven of the world series. It is a marathon. You know, it is not a sprint. There's still, there's still, that's, that that still should be valued in some way, but baseball is kind of trying to make it where every game is going to have super exciting fun time. And I'm not sure that it needs to. And if you're not going to capture the audience that is already uninterested in you, what you might end up doing is alienating the audience you already have. Now, I, I, the, the reason I think I'm going to end up liking the shift or the results of it, and again, it is too gimmicky. You shouldn't, 
you shouldn't be able to go out with your friends and play baseball and be like, all right, you stand there, you stand there, hit, hit. But then be like, well, if you want to play Major League Baseball rules, we have to do all these different things, all these different, like, there's too, it's too complicated. It is starting to get too complicated. The runner on second automatically in extra innings. I hate the concept of that. That's not baseball. The games I love the most are the games that take so long. I love the extra inning games. I love reading the box score after a 20-inning game. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I remember one dumb, this is one dumb night. I was uh, just out of college, lived with some buddies in an apartment. One of our one of our friends was having a birthday party at a bar downtown. And we were we were supposed to go down there, but we got sucked into this game, this meaningless baseball game. Mets and Reds went like 21 innings in July, and we showed up at the birthday party like way late because we were sucked into this stupid extra inning game because it was so riveting. And I missed that already. But guess what I also like? I like the action in the extra innings. I like that there's a guy there right away. I hate the concept of it. All do I hate the concept of it. But I like the end result, and I'm mad at myself for that. So baseball's got these changes. It is giving too gimmicky. That's a great word for it. But I am, like, enjoying the final product. I don't like the route to get there. I, in fact, hate it. But then they show me the product, and I like it. Those are some of the, like the shift I can understand myself getting into the the second base situation and extra innings I can get into. I need to be sold on this pitch timer. This, uh, this I don't like. And so the issue here is to speed up the game. Right? There's too much. There's too much inactivity in baseball. Well, there's a lot of inactivity if if you watch a football game. There's a lot of inactivity there too. And we don't seem to have a problem with it. There's like 12 minutes of action in a 60-second game. There's a lot of just standing there in anticipation for the play. But somehow the anticipation for those plays seem to be more interesting than the anticipation for an at-bat. Because you do get you do get people abusing it, especially the hitters. Stepping off the play, redoing your gloves every time. You know, you don't need to be doing that. But I feel like instead of trying to limit the batters, instead of saying, all right, you can get like one timeout for that, which now they're enacting, but they're also enacting the pitch clock. So they're forcing the pitchers to go quicker, which is going to force the hitters to have less time to goof around with their equipment. What I don't like about this is everything that I think is is great, and I'll say the word pure about baseball. Baseball, it's the one sport that's different. There's no clock. There shouldn't be. I said this the other day. A baseball stadium should be like a casino. You can't find a clock anywhere in those places. They don't want you to know what time it is. You shouldn't. The, the time, the clock in baseball is what inning is it? How many outs are left? I don't want, even when this mid-inning pitch clock came, that was gross. Even six mound visits. Well, now I got another dumb thing to look at at the scoreboard. Don't get me started on all these stats that are in the, I just, can I just find batting average? I mean, now I'm getting ready to old school. Can, does any ballpark still show you batting average, or do you have to go online and look at, like, oldpeoplesstatslovers.com to find out what the batting average is of the guy at, at, the, at the plate, which I still think is a valuable stat. That's another thing. But to have clocks in the baseball stadium disgusts me. And all, it is, all it's going to do, if you look at some of the stats, so they've tried this in the minor leagues. And what they've tried is 
the pitch clock, 15 seconds when the bases are empty, 20 seconds when the runners are on, it did not speed up the offense. It did not lower strikeouts. All the runs and stats per game are pretty much the same. It just made the game 25 minutes shorter, which means 25 minutes less that I get to enjoy being at the ballpark, which means 25 minutes less that I, that means the seventh inning comes sooner. That's one less beer I can have. I, if I go to the ballpark, I want to be there for a while. I'm not trying to get in and out. It's not an oil change. I want to be there. So don't make the game shorter. I want to enjoy the game. If you're going to try to find more action in those three hours, okay. But don't just take the game, give me the same product, just shorter. I don't like that. So I can see myself getting into the shift. It will cause more action, I do believe. But the the pitch timer, I'm really going to need to be sold on. And we'll see how that works. Spring training is going to be interesting. I'm going to try to probably watch more spring training. Some of these broadcasters are going through like, rules boot camps to try to figure out what it is that's going to happen so that when they try to explain it to us, we have somewhat of an idea. It's going to be interesting. Uh, the shift I can see myself being okay with. I'm very adamant. No clocks in baseball. I do not like that. More of my hot takes. Tom will serve them up. I'll buy or sell. Coming up next, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. In for Bill Writer today and the rest of the week, and I thank you for... Letting me into your homes, your cars, your app, that wonderful Odyssey app, free to download, free to listen to. I am Bart Winkler. It is time for Buy or Sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bart, let's start it off in the NFL today. Now, earlier this week on FS1, former All-Pro running back LaShawn McCoy went off on his former offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. What's his value? What makes him a good offensive coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching, and he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about offensive coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you what Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. 
But when I asked about um, Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? Now, McCoy played in Kansas City for just one season back in 2018. And it is important to note he was benched towards the end of his tenure because of fumbling issues. So this may sound like sour grapes. Now, former Chiefs such as Jamal Charles, Tyreek Hill, and Tyron Matthew all responded to McCoy on Twitter, all defended Eric Bieniemy. My question to you, Bar, buy or sell you think Eric Bieniemy will succeed with his new team, the Washington Commanders? Okay, first I'm going to sell LaShawn McCoy having any idea what he's talking about. I'm going to so. sell that. Because I, th- I think what's happening here is we've seen this with others. <clears throat> Greg Jennings, where they're trying to carve a path in media. And what's the hot topic? Aaron Rodgers. Well, how do I get ahead? Bash Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, guy got me a Super Bowl, but I'm trying to make a name for myself. He's all over now. LaShawn McCoy, I played there a year. I got some connection. What am I going to do? I'm going I'm to bash Eric Bieniemy, and suddenly uh, people are going to want me, and now I'm in the media. I'm getting requested. So I'm selling LaShawn, no, having any idea what he's talking about. So many guys, like you mentioned, have supported him. But, 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 I am going to sell Eric Bieniemy succeeding with the Commanders. Sell. And that's a gut feeling. I just don't feel like this is going to work for him. It is very unfortunate that he has not got a job yet. Maybe nefarious things are at play. You know, FS1, Nick Wright did a long segment yesterday, which made the rounds about, is there like some like, like deep-seated racism at play? Like, you don't even know it. You just, you don't trust the guy because he is African-American. Is that at play? I don't know. Other offensive coordinators that have gone to the Super Bowl with Andy Reid or the Super Bowl in general have gotten a coaching gig. Why can't Eric Bieniemy get it? Unfortunately, maybe it's just a bad interview. I got no idea. I feel like Eric Bieniemy's best shot at a coaching job right now is actually the commanders doing bad and then him taking over for Ron Rivera. This is all gut feeling. I'm just not sure the commanders are going to get it to work. Unless they can find a better quarterback... I'm concerned that we're not going to see the true value of Eric Bieniemy because that that organization, there's too much dysfunction there. There's too much wishy-washiness about what they have done at quarterback. Ron Rivera may get in the way, so unfortunately I am selling that he succeeds with the commanders. I would love to see him get a head coaching job at some point. I, I don't know that this was the right move for him. All right, Bart. During an appearance on Barstool Sports' Bussin' with the Boys podcast, Raiders GM Dave Ziegler said that Las Vegas may not find their solution at quarterback this offseason. He said, quote, There's some pressure that comes along with that. And however we fill it, it doesn't mean we're going to have an immediate answer this year. But at the end of the day, we have to have an answer in some form or fashion. End quote. Buy or sell the Raiders drafting a quarterback? would actually be the best-case scenario. I'm going to sell that. Sell. They'd be smart to draft one at some point in the draft, but I think their best-case scenario, their best-case scenario is Aaron Rodgers. They have, and bring Josh Jacobs back, and you've got Devontae Adams, team him back up with Rodgers. Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are two guys that sort of disappeared last year. I know they had other guys step up and, and play well as well, but I, I like Mac Hollins, they have weapons and they just need they they I would rather see the Raiders have a veteran quarterback than a rookie trying to figure it out for twenty twenty three. So for the Raiders, I think 
Do whatever it takes to get Rodgers. He'll have his buddy Devontae. I think Rodgers can still sort of push McDaniels around enough that McDaniels isn't going to do anything. So I think their best case scenario is Aaron Rodgers for 2023. I would sell that. All right, Bart, let's stick with quarterbacks here. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy was set to undergo surgery on his elbow today. However, the procedure has been delayed because of inflammation and the doctor's recommendation to wait until it subsides. Now, Purdy will meet again with doctors next month in March. With an expected recovery of six-month Purdy, being ready for the start of the season comes into heavy question. Buy or sell the San Francisco 49ers need a backup plan at quarterback because of Brock Purdy and Trey Lance's injury issues. I'm getting rid of my commodities today. I'm selling this too. Sell. If I'm the Niners, I already had a like I had Jimmy Garoppolo, I had Brock Purdy, I had Trey Lance. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bank on one of these guys being healthy. So that's what I'm doing. Maybe get a veteran to back up in case of emergency. But if one of these two guys can't be healthy enough for 14 games next year, then I'm 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 snake bitten and I'm cursed. I'm selling. I think I think they'll be fine. I'm taking the risk. One of those guys are good enough to play. Maybe both. All right, let's stick with our quarterback theme here. Eagles Pro Bowl Pro Bowl wide receiver AJ Brown spent all of one season with quarterback Jalen Hurts, but apparently Bart, that's all it's taken for Brown to know that Hurts is the real deal. Brown joined the Raw Room podcast, and when Hertz's contract came up, Brown said, quote, if you do not pay this man, just ship me off wherever he's going to go. So you talk about pressure, how we get it done, end quote. Obviously, Brown referring to Howie Roseman, the Eagles GM. Buy or sell, you'd be comfortable giving Jalen Hurts a long-term deal worth top dollar. Buy! Buy. Yes. I mean, what more do you need him to do? Jalen Hurts really was the Super Bowl MVP. We just don't give it to teams that lost anymore. But he was the most valuable player to me in that game. Mahomes a close second. He was very good. But Jalen Hurts was incredible in that game, doing things that no one's ever done with the passing touchdown, the three rushing touchdowns. When you're a team and you have your quarterback, keep your quarterback. There are so many teams desperate for quarterbacks. There's so many teams that think they have the right quarterback that don't. Kirk Cousins, Kyler Murray, the Eagles have Jalen Hurts. And if they don't lock him up, they're going to continue the next few years to look for their next Jalen Hurts. They've got their guy. Stick with them. Pay them. Bye, 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 bye. All right, Bart. The Seattle Seahawks have the number five pick in the draft this year. And while Geno Smith was the comeback player of the year, he could become an unrestricted free agent next month once the league calendar resets. So my question to you, simply buy or sell the Seahawks need to franchise tag Geno Smith. This one I'm kind of on the fence with. I'm going to end up saying sell. Sell. It seems like the Seahawks want him back and Geno wants to come back. I don't know that they need to go franchise tag. Maybe a two, three-year deal they could work out. It is interesting. They are in a position where they could draft a quarterback. And if you can get a C.J. Stroud or something... Instead of going with Geno, I might think that CJ's pro enough ready to step in there. But I think that they will ultimately come to an agreement. If you don't have to franchise, take a guy, don't. I think Geno Smith is back in Seattle. They do not need to franchise take him. 
All right, let's get to some hoops here. Now, over All-Star Weekend, LeBron James let it be known that he desperately, desperately wants to make the playoffs this season. I want to make a push to make the playoffs. Uh, I don't I don't want to see myself not being part of the postseason for two years straight. It's just not part of my DNA. You know, we're sitting up here talking about the record and things of that nature, and that's all cool, but I'm more passionate about trying to make the postseason and give ourselves a chance to compete for another Larry O'Brien trophy. So it's 23 of the most important games of my career for a regular season and uh, the type of mindset that I, that I have and um, I hope the guys will have coming back off the break. The Lakers are currently two games out of the final playing spot in the Western Conference. My question to you, Bart, buy or sell LeBron James can be considered the greatest player of all time if the Lakers miss the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. A uh, buy. Buy. Yeah. He can still be considered. I mean, Jordan came back. The Wizards weren't, you know, having playoff runs there. So that, I, I don't know if you want to compare the two. I think the thing with LeBron that's going to hurt him is he basically, at least the appearances on his teams, he's been able to also be the GM. Or if it's not working with some guys, he tinkers it around. He gets the front office to do that and tinker with the others. Uh, a playoff situation would help. But I don't think historically we'll use this year against him in terms of the debate of who's the best ever. All right, let's finish up with some golf here. Last question. Yesterday, the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews formally announced that live golfers will be eligible for this year's British Open at Royal Liverpool in July. Buy or sell you think live golfers should be allowed to play in majors? So they left the PGA. And they went to live golf. So if you leave the PGA, obviously you're not going to be in the PGA championship. You're not in the PGA. These other majors are run by other clubs. So technically they should be allowed in there. But should they be Should they be allowed? I'm going to say no. Sell. Sell, sell, sell. If you're joining live golf, you're leaving, this, you're leaving golf. You're leaving golf how it's been set up. You are leaving golf. That for something different. You're chasing money. You're chasing this. These guys come out and say, well, we like the team aspect of it. And my daughter likes to watch us. We're the Coyotes or whatever the stupid names are. If you're leaving to go to live, you are leaving the golf world behind and everything you've ever known. So I don't like that these guys are done popping up in majors. It might make for some fun on the course, like, boo, this guy sucks. He, He went to live. But I don't think they should be able to be given that opportunity. If you leave, you're gone. Sell, 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 sell. So that's where I'm at at that. Get rid of them. Stupid Live Golf. Uh, Live Golf, by the way, is going to be available on the CW app on Friday. And if you want to, if you know what your local CW is, you can watch Live Golf on TV this weekend. So everyone rush. It's I think it's right before Vampire Diaries and right after the Walker, Texas Ranger uh, reimagining. You'll be able to watch. You'll be able to watch Live Golf. Erica Hershkowitz on the Update Desk, CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I mean, we've known the situation since it's been. We've been fully cooperating with law enforcement the entire time. I mean, it's the whole situation's sad. I mean, you just think of it. We team closed practice with a prayer for the situation today. Again, knowing that we had this trial today. I mean, you think of Jamia and her family and Kane. Really think about her son Kane that was left behind. So it's sad. We did. We knew about that. I mean, you know, you can't control everything anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble on this case. Like, in the wrong spot at the wrong time. It's Alabama head coach, parentheses for now, Nate Oates, and parentheses. So the situation out of Alabama is a terrible one. Jamia Harris passed away. She was murdered, 23 years old. It was near campus. What had happened was there was involvement with some of the players from the Alabama Crimson Tide. So Darius Miles, uh, according to AL.com, he had he had texted his teammate, uh, Brandon Miller, to bring a gun to the location where the shooting occurred. Now, the alleged shooter is another party, Michael Davis. but Miles was there. He's been dismissed from the team. He texts his teammate to bring the gun, which allegedly was was Miles' gun, and, and the woman is dead. And Alabama knew about this, as as Nate Oates just said there. And he said, college kids, we can't control what they do off campus. Wrong place, wrong time. Um, co- college kids, college. first of all, that's not good. He did release a statement later trying to correct himself, but – that's probably what you're going to be remembered for, uh, Nate Oates. Wrong place, wrong time. You, you, th- you think as a college coach, you want to be remembered for winning a championship. Well, you're going to be remembered for wrong place, wrong time. I'm Bart Winkler and for Bill Ryder the rest of the week. It's a terrible situation all the way around. Like college kids being college kids. Like I've done some weird stuff. Okay. I had like a weekend where I shouldn't even admit to some of this stuff. I like knocked over a couple mailboxes. That's like a federal offense, so I shouldn't say that. I threw a rock through a little Caesars once. I, I, I see these are bad things, but that's 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 not that's 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 actually I probably should have said that. Uh, let's edit that in post, okay, Tom? Take that out. Just kidding. I'm live. Oh crap. This situation is awful. It is terrible. Somebody passed away. Somebody died. And, okay, Miles was taken away from the team. Brandon Miller's still playing. He played on Saturday. He had 21 points. He was their leading scorer. You have to take him off. You have to take the situation away from the team. And I understand Alabama's got goals and stuff, but when you're in this kind of situation, like that, it has to, you cannot play. You cannot play. Right? You cannot play. And, I mean, they brought the gun to the crime scene. 
That's how she died. You can't go. You can't go out and put up twenty-one. You can't. You can't be playing. So really awful situation. And yes, the the thoughts for the the deceased are are nice, but they seem hollow after the initial comments from Nate Oates. So you know it shouldn't be Nate Oates that looks the worst in the situation, but he doesn't look good. Yeah, the the players themselves terrible, but Nate Oates is doing himself no favors to to one not just like help his career or stature, but to help these kids. Like if I'm on Alabama, if I'm on if I'm on this team, and I know what's going on, I'm thinking, Coach, you can do something about this. Like we, this is weird. This is not right. This is this is way more than wrong place, wrong time. Really bad situation. I mean, it's not going to get rectified because a woman lost her life. But you would hope that. You would hope that justice is served in some way, and with Nate Oates, I mean, he is nothing he's done at this point. He can think it, but nothing he's done has helped it. In fact, now it, it's it's made it worse. You know, you dismiss Miller early and, and figure it out before you just keep letting him play again. I know you want the you want the accolades, and when your star guy does something bad, you know. But a lot of a lot of college players have been dismissed for way less from programs. So I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see some justice served in this situation. Terrible situation, uh, really making the rounds here the last couple of days as we find out what Nate Oates said and then tried to say is what he tried to say. A couple of uh, comments that I want to read, make things lighter here, just based on some of the tweets that I've gotten. Again, Tom's at the Cell CBS. I'm at Winks Thing. So I was talking about baseball a little bit ago, and I had a few takes on the baseball changes. I don't like that they are going to enact the shift. I will end up liking the result of it. I don't like that we have to do it, but there will be more action. I will like it. Just like I don't like that there's a runner on second base in extra innings. That's so dumb. It goes against everything that it's just it's dumb. But I do like the action in extra innings. I'm like I find myself you know, that's how I can determine how into a game I am. Am I sitting on the couch or am I standing up 3 feet in front of the TV? I find myself standing 3 feet in front of the TV in some of these extra inning games cuz the Action is so riveting. Uh, Skipper Tim Page tweets at me at Winks Things. He says, I can't believe your, well, he says, I can't believe you are take on baseball changes. The apostrophe doesn't need to be there. Common mistake. I can't believe your take on baseball changes. I love baseball, have my whole life, but it's always been too slow. What has driven me nuts more than anything about baseball is how long the pitcher takes and that the batter gets a timeout whenever they want. We need to pitch clock to advance the game, get the game into a rhythm. I think he meant rhythm. I don't like getting rid of the shift only because strategy is part of the game. I've always hated the man on second for extra innings. So the main thing there is the pitch clock. Like the pitch clock, I agree with Skipper Tim Page on Twitter. I don't like that. There's. I don't like that the baseball, I don't like that the batter can just, oh, no, I'm going to call time. And this happens a lot too, when like the pitcher's ready to go, and the, you've seen some pitchers get irate about that. I, I have heard some pitchers talk about it. They like the pitch clock because it gets them more in a rhythm, and then the batter has to try to keep up. So ultimately, where the pitch clock is going to go is is better for the pace of the game and, and action. And you can't just let guys redo their wrist. I mean, I can think of Ryan Braun. I watched him for years. A whole routine: redo the wrist, the left wrist, the right wrist. It's not even. It doesn't even need like the glove's not any less tight. It's just a, it's a routine you do to help you feel comfortable and really slow the game down, but but you're trying to get an advantage off the pitcher. So that's why it's been done. 
there's got to be another way. There's got to be something we can do before we get to a pitch clock, right? There's got to be something we can do before we go to. I think clocks in baseball are the extreme. There's got to be something we can do before we get to the clocks. But apparently not. So I don't like that at all. I do not like the pitch clock very bad. Got another tweet here from Go Blue. And he's actually tweeting. He's tweeting at Tom and he's tweeting at Bill Ryder. And he wants them to ask me. He says, you should ask at Wings Thinks how it feels to root for Giannis. Has Giannis ever completed a play without committing an offensive foul or traveling? The joke that NBA officiating has made the game unwatchable and players like Giannis look bad because of it. My response on Twitter, and then I'll retort on air, my response on Twitter was, LOL, that's short for laugh out loud. My dude is the one guy the NBA pretends to care about the 10-second violation at the free throw line and is constantly getting hacked. To answer your question, it feels amazing to root for the best player and most humble person in the league. There are guys in the NBA that can be vilified. There are guys who, like, okay, I'll say James Harden, for instance. James Harden is a player who is a very good player. His skills are otherworldly. I always felt like James Harden got a lucky whistle or a whistle he didn't deserve. I mean, Harden would just, how how did Harden generate a bunch of offense? He'd just run, flail, they'd call a foul. Okay, I didn't think Harden needed to do that, but he was taking advantage of what was given to him. And so I would be like on Milwaukee radio, I'd be like, ah, yeah, Harden, he's a terrible player. Ah, the refs uh, cater to him. He grows on his beard just so it can move so the officials can see. These are all things I said in, in my younger days. But I, James Harden's a fine, like he's fine. He's a fine guy. He's a good player. I just was mad that my team wasn't benefiting from James, something James Harden was doing. And I think the way that Giannis, like Giannis is basically a shack that can run. Giannis is a kind of player we haven't seen. There's very few Giannis's in the world. Very few guys that can even come close to doing what he is doing. And so I think when other fan bases see him play, you find a way, you justify it with yourself. It must be illegal. Giannis can't do this. It's, it's, it's illegal. No one's ever done it. He's just like in baseball. In baseball, I talk about how humans have developed where baseball is now beneath them because everyone's throwing 100 miles an hour and everyone's, you know, they're, they're timing the, the vision, the eyesight. It's, they can hit. If, if, if the pitcher makes a mistake, I know he's throwing 100, but I can still crank that 490. I, I can still hit it over the fence. We're just getting better at it. Giannis is just, he's, he's better than a lot of guys ever have been at playing basketball. He can do things a lot of people can't. You have to put up walls to stop this guy. I mean, the Euro steps, the, the, that's not a travel. I've, there's, uh, there's other guys that do traveling worse. And it's, I, it's, I'm going gonna, gonna to defend him that it's not a travel. How does it feel to root for Giannis? It feels amazing. It feels amazing. How, how, how is my team, I'm a Bucks fan, okay? How is my team blessed with this guy? With this guy who is not only so good, who may have single-handedly kept the franchise in Milwaukee, got the franchise a new arena, got the franchise an NBA championship, was hurt, looked like he was done in the Eastern Conference Finals, comes back injured, puts up 50 in Game 6, 
one of the greatest performances of all time that for some reason we just forget about. How does it feel? It feels great. You know how else it feels? I, it feels sad for me to watch non-Bucks fans try to come up with reasons to disparage him. Hashtag fake humble. Remember the night where Giannis was, and the Bucks were playing the Sixers and the uh, video came out afterwards that Giannis was trying to get a ladder moved because he wanted to put up some free throw shots, something he does from time to time. And other arenas are usually accommodating towards him. And uh, in an arena, you know, you accommodate the players. There's a lot of guys that try to put up shots afterwards. But the Sixers had a problem with it, and they tried to they tried to change things a little bit. And they tried to get, who was it? Uh, Montreal Harrell was the one that tried to make a scene of it. Then, uh, you know, one of the Philly workers was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help. I'm going to put a ladder in front of him. And then everyone's saying, see, Giannis finally exposed. Look at this guy. Sorry. Sorry. Giannis is great. Giannis is the best. He's as humble as you don't want him to be. He's as nice as you don't wish that he was. And he's as good. And he plays within the rules as much as you hate that he didn't. So to answer your question, go blue. How does it feel for you, Root to Giannis? It's, it's one of the greatest sports fandom things of my life. I get to root for Giannis Adetokounmpo. What a dream. Tom, thanks to you. We'll be back tomorrow. Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder. Ryder than you. CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.